Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. First John chapter two and verse nineteen is where we'll start today. First John chapter two and verse number nineteen as we're going through, we're going to go through first, second, and third John verse by verse. Amen. Pulling out those nuggets of gold that God has for us that we may apply it to our life to live a godly Christian life. Amen. So first John chapter two and verse nineteen. The Bible says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. There was false teachers in that day, just like there is today. And these false teachers were, were professing Christians who once associated with the apostles. However, in their heart, they did not, they were not truly believers. They had not truly been born again. They had not truly put their, all their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's just my humble opinion that there's many in churches today that have never truly been born again. They are doing their best. They're coming to church every Sunday, but it wouldn't take much to get them out of church. Why? Because they have never truly repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But here in this particular verse, I believe it's talking about false teachers that, that, are, that were in the church, that were among them. And that what he's saying is they were truly not of us. And that's why they left us, because there's nothing inside of them drawing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're, they're dead inside. They've not been made alive with the, with the new birth. Amen. Look with me now in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, the next verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. So here he just said in verse 19 that they went out from us because they were not part of us. But he's telling you now in verse 20, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You see, when a person is born again, when they're saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of them. You have an, an unction, that's an anointing of the Holy One, of, of a peace of God himself. That's how much God loves you. When you get saved, he puts a piece of himself inside of you. And that's where that verse comes, that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. How are you sealed? With a piece of the Holy Spirit, God's promise. Amen. That's what he's telling them. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. 
John is not saying that all born-again Christians has all knowledge. No, sir, no, ma'am. But because they have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them, they can discern what is truth and what is not. Just as a newborn baby is born into this world, he's born with hands and feet and eyes and a brain. He doesn't get these later. No, he's born with them. Although they need time to grow and to develop, but the whole person is there. And so it's the same way when somebody gets born again, they're there. The Bible says that they desire milk, the sincere milk of the word. They desire it. They, they want to grow. They, they, they want to grow. And how are they going to do that? By getting in God's word, getting substance, getting food. Amen. And so it's the same when a person's born again. They're just a child, but they're growing. All the things that they need are there and they'll grow in the Lord. Amen. And so that's what he's saying there. It's not that you know all things, but you have the Holy Spirit inside of you pointing you to what is truth. Look at me now in the next verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse 21. 1 John chapter 2, verse 21. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Catch what he says there. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth. He says, no, I, I know that you know the truth. John writes them so that they would conform to the truth that they already know. And how many of us Christians need to take that advice right there? So many of us, we know, we know what's right. As I preached last Sunday and I said, we, we know, we know not to go eat fast food, but yet we still do it sometimes. We know, we know what is right, but there's a big difference between knowing and applying. There's a big difference. So some had taught in that day, as they do today, that Jesus was just a mere man. But that is a lie. He was God in the flesh. He is God in the flesh. And if anybody teaches anything other than that, you walk away from them, they're a heretic. Amen? Jesus is God in the flesh. And he's telling, John is writing to them, letting them know that you know the truth. And I expect you to live it out in this day. And we should be the same right here, right now, and today. We have the truth. We have God's word. We need to be living it out so that others can see it. So that they can look for the truth. That they can see the truth in you. That you can live it out before them. That you can be that light, that example that they can look to. Have you heard the old saying that you may be the only Bible that someone ever reads? And there's a lot of truth to that because they're going to look at your life. When you go to witness to them, that's the first thing they're going to do, look at your life. Amen? If you're working around them, they're going to look at your life. And your life should be a testimony for Christ. Your, your life should want to draw people to Christ. Amen? Look with me now in the next verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Question mark. John is careful 
to point out that to deny the deity of the Lord Jesus is to deny the Father also. And, and many talk about God today, that this God and, and that God, or they just say God in general, but you don't, you don't know what God they're talking about. Is it the God they've made up? Is it the, a, a false God? Is it a, a false religion? And some people like to believe that they worship God, but they do not want to have anything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And here, the apostle saying, that's an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. You see, because you can't have God apart from the Lord Jesus. You can't say, I love God, but I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. No, the Bible says that you're a liar, you're a lunatic, you're a heretic. Amen? Let's look at the next verse, and it's going to point that out. 1 John chapter 2, verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Whoever say that they love God but do not love Jesus is a liar. You cannot have the Father unless you have the Son also. You cannot say that I love God, I serve God, I worship God, but want nothing to do with Jesus. No, the Bible literally says that you are a liar. You're a heretic. And so you mark that down, Christian. If anybody says that they worship God, but they want nothing to do with the Son, that they don't acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can mark it down and write them off. It's false and it's phony. Amen? According to the Bible, not my thoughts, but according to what God's holy word says. And so there, there are many people that talk about God or, or this God or they'll pray to God. But what God is it? Is it a God they made up or is it the one true living God? The one that sent his son as a sacrifice. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Let's look at our next verse. First John chapter two, verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. We should test everything by the word of God. We should test everything by what the scripture says. And if that teaching does not agree with the Bible, throw it out. It's no good. Amen. Dr. Ironside used to say this. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. There's a lot of truth in that statement. The Bible never changes. It's the same yesterday. It's the same today. And it's the same forever. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall endure forever. God doesn't change. And his word doesn't change. And thank God for that. You can put faith in that. Amen. And when something doesn't change, it, it, it allows you to put more faith in it. You know, when your car, and it's as simple as this. If your car cranks up every day, you, you get to have faith in it. That I, You don't even think about it. I'm, just, I'm going uptown. I'm going to go out there. I know my car's going to crank. I got faith in it. Amen. And when something does the same thing over and over and over and over, you put faith in it. And thank God, God's word. And that's on such a simple note. But thank God, his word never changes. Thank God, 
His promises never change. As me and you do each and every day, our mood changes and we change. But God doesn't. His word is true. It stands fast forever. And I like what he said. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall endure forever. Hey, Christian, those promises that God has to you, they stand each and every day. They do not waver, they do not falter, and they do not fail. Amen. Why? Because they are a promise on God's holy word. I love that about the Bible, that I can put, I don't have to base my Christianity on, on what some doctor says, or what some great philosopher says, or what some great theologian says. No, I can base it on God's word, because it does not change each and every day. Those promises stand true. Amen. That those are God's promises upon my life, and they're God's promises upon your life also. So you can put faith in the Bible. You can put faith in in God's word, that it will stand. Amen. Verse number 25. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Don't you love that? Eternal life. It's based on God's promise for eternal life. He promises you, I promise you, for I give you eternal life if you'll put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross that my son did, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He promises you eternal life. Can you think of a better person to have a promise from than from God's word, from God himself? He says, I promise you eternal life. And I look forward to that. I look, see, look forward to seeing my family members that, that were saved, that have gone on to be with the Lord. And you know, heaven's going to be a great place. Streets of gold and walls of jasper and sea of crystal. Amen. Big mansions. There's just no telling what's going to be there. But those are not going to be the great things about heaven. The great thing about heaven is going to be in the, being in the presence of a thrice holy God. Being able to approach the throne of God as a river of life flows from it. Amen. That I can walk up and talk to God. That I can be in his presence Man, that's going to be the great things about heaven. He says in here in verse 25, and this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. I thank God for that promise, and you should too. Verse 26, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Verse 27, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you and ye need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teaching you all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him now this does not mean that there's not a place today for for christian teachers in the church god has made a very pacific provision for that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And he gave some apostles and he gave some prophets and, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. God has a, a great place in the church for teachers. 
But he says, these things I write on you concerning them that seduce you. There are many in the world today that will try to draw you away from the truth. There are many false and phony prosperity preachers that says God wants nothing for you except for health, wealth, and happiness. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. God promises you eternal life. He says in this life, you're going to have struggles. In this life, you're going to have trials. But know this, the moment that you take your last breath or the Lord Jesus returns for his people, amen, that you'll be with God in glory forever. Eternal life. But he says in this life, you will have problems. Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, the Bible says. And I've read it before on here that all the apostles died in horrific death. They died for preaching the word. They were crucified, one of them upside down, one of them threw off a cliff. I believe the only one that actually died of natural causes, and he was dipped in a pot of boiling oil before that happened, but he happened to survive it, and God used him to do mighty things. And so the fact that these some of these Prosperity preachers, that's all they preach. God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. You can mark it down that Mike Sadler said they're a liar because that's not what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible says that you will have trouble in this life, but one day to come, one day to come, amen, we'll be in the presence of a thrice holy God. We won't even know about these things that happened because the Bible says in Revelations, every tear will be wiped away. Praise God for that. And we can be with our heavenly father for all eternity. And that's what he wants. He wants fellowship with me and with you. He didn't come for fellowship with the birds and the bees and the fish and the whales. No, sir, no, ma'am. He came for it for you and for me. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and tell you that you are his own. He wants to comfort you. Amen. And so looking at this, there's, there's a lot of false teachers out there, but there's a lot of good biblical teachers also. Just know the difference. Compare everything that they say with God's holy word. And that's what I love about taking your Bible, opening it up and following along because you can see it with your own eyes, what the scripture says. And that is so important. You should do that no matter what church you're at or who you're listening to. Follow along when God's word that you can see it for yourself. That is so important. And so he say, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. It means that the Christian does not need any teaching apart from what is found in the word of God as to the truth of God. All the truth that we need is in God's word. With the word of God in our hand and the Holy Spirit in your heart, we have the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. And that is a powerful thing. When you have the truth and you can hold it in your hand and you can see it for yourself and you can believe it with your heart. Amen. That is such a powerful thing. And thank God, God has given that to you. His holy word. Amen. And I realize here in America, we have a Bible on every shelf, but there are a lot of countries that don't and they struggle just to get a page of the Bible. We are so blessed and praise God for it. Don't let that fall by the wayside or, 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 or not see how important it is to get in God's word. Look with me now in the next verse. First John chapter two, verse 28. First John chapter two and verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know, when we have people over our house, 
My wife will clean this house top to bottom, left to right. Our house is already spotless, but she wants it to shine like a museum when people come over. Why? Because we're going to have guests over. It's got to look its best. It's got to be its best. It's got to be as clean as I can possibly get it. Amen. Why? Because we know we anticipate, she anticipates people are going to come over our house and see how we live. Now you think about that. If we know Christ is coming back and he has told us in his word how much, how clean we should keep our life each and every day. And so that we don't have to be ashamed. Know that we can have confidence to know that when he comes, I want to be right with God. I want to be walking with God. I'm going to keep my life clean. I'm going to keep sin and dirt out. I don't want none of that in my life. I'm, I'm going to walk the path that I should walk. Amen. Why? Because I am expecting company. I am expecting the Lord Jesus Christ at any time to come back for me. And he says, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know, it would be a sad thing if somebody came over and our house was a wreck and there was food on the floor and everything was messed up and you would, we would be ashamed. How ashamed would I be if I let my life get that way? How ashamed would you be if you let your life get that way when Jesus comes back? And that's what he's talking about in this verse. Be ready, little children, each and every day. He says, abide in him. And when you abide in him, you want to keep your life clean each and every day. Why? Because you're walking with him each and every day. And oh, how easy it is. There's so many lures and shiny things to distract you in this world. And Satan knows that. He, he's very slick. He's very much a deceiver. And sin, sin looks good sometimes. You say, man, look at that. I could do that. I could get away with that. Nobody would know it. I just, just for a minute, just for a day, just for an hour. But listen, Christ will know. We don't know when he'll come back in the next 30 minutes or the next hour. We just don't know. But according to this verse, you should be ready at any moment. And oh, how enticing those sins look. And there is pleasure in sin. But the Bible says it tis for a season. There is a price to pay. But see, that's the illusion that the devil will cast out that you can do it, but you don't have to pay the penalty for it. No, sir. No, ma'am. I'm here to tell you that's a devil's lie. He can make it look good like a shiny fishing lure drawing a fish in. Boy, it looks good until you get a hold of it. And now it's got a hook in you and you want to get away from it. And I don't want it no more. I, I thought it wouldn't be like this. I thought it wasn't going to drag me down. Listen, sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go. Once it gets that hook in you, it's going to drag you off to places you don't want to be. Amen. And so when you see it and you look at it and you, re you think about that physically that, hey, that's got a hook on it and it's going to take me places that I don't want to be. But what if I'll just stand here and stay steadfast in Christ, like that verse says, abide in him each and every day so that we may have confidence that as a had his appearing, that I don't have to be ashamed that I'm living in deep, dark sin when the Lord Jesus Christ shows up. Amen. Let's look at our next verse. Our next verse and our last verse. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. I like what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 17. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. 
A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. The Bible says, by your fruits, by your life, what you exemplify, what you walk in each and every day. Hey, Christian, what are you living in? What kind of fruit are you bringing forth? Make sure that it's a fruit that the Lord Jesus Christ would be happy with, that you are abiding in Him. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.